people here, so that's good. Um, I sent a. Well, let me let me talk about the purpose first of uh, of this forum for the next at least to the end of next month, to the end of March. The purpose of the forum here for a little while is going to be to um, have a have get a common understanding of why we're doing what we're doing and just kind of the sales message, the messaging, what we're going to talk with folks about um, and try to, and we, it's important that we have a um, singular voice and we're going to talk about some things today that could go in a lot of different directions if we let them, so we want to be concise in what we're offering and why and why we're doing it, what we think the future looks like and what we're going to help our customers um, do something about and so we're going to start out today with a little bit of the background on why we foresee our customers feeling pressure as to their energy usage their usage of the resources of energy and we're going to kind of go through that opinion piece that I sent you all. I don't know if you had a chance to read it, but I, but I hope you will. Um, we're going to kind of go through the highlighted versions of that. And I want to allow you all to ask questions so we can all have a bit of an understanding of where we think the marketplace is going and how we plan to help. Okay. So if that sounds... Uh, reasonable to everybody we'll get started um i want to hit a couple of the the highlights the things i highlighted i'm just going to restate them very quickly for all of us as kind of a foundation for really q a okay q a um the the tar the object of this opinion piece was uh the grid operator pjm so grid that's the distribution for energy that those are the people that distribute it okay pjm um said at the end of uh 2022 a lot of things and that what the highlight is that's a delicate way of saying that you can expect shortages and blackouts okay um let me just read this real quick. That'll be easier than me hitting highlights. The PJM report forecasts power supply and demand through 2030 across 13 eastern states. Its territory covers 65 million people. Its top line conclusion, fossil fuel power plants are retiring much faster than renewable sources are getting developed. So our traditional sources of baseload energy are being shut down. This reveals why in just a minute. Uh, this is created, which leads to energy imbalances. That's a delicate way of saying that you can expect shortages and blackouts. This company typically generates a surplus of power and they let other grids borrow that. They let other grids have their surplus. So PJM is historically a surplus producer. 
it's especially worrisome that PJM is predicting a large decline in its power reserves as coal and natural plant natural gas plants retire. The report forecasts 40,000 megawatts of power generation, enough to light up 30 million homes, is at risk of retiring. Retiring, that means shut down by 2030. That's about 21% of TJM's current generating capacity. 21% retiring. Most power plant retirements are policy driven. So you may ask, why are they doing it? Why are they shutting them down? Why are they getting rid of these plants? It's policy driven. The steep cost of complying with EPA regulations drives them out of business. So the cost of the regulations makes it to where they can't spend all the money to keep the things running. Um, I'll skip to the next. At the same time, utility company ESG commitments. So ESG, this is something that we all need to be familiar with, environmental, social, and governance. So ESG commitments, and this is basically the desire to do good for our country and people and environment. And so companies, including utilities, commit to ESG, um, or they make ESG commitments, which they, in their, in their public company world, they intend for those things to be good for America, good for the environment, good for everybody. So ESG. Illinois and New Jersey climate policies could reduce generation in those states by almost 9,000 megawatts. Many states have established ambitious renewable goals and the Inflation Reduction Act lavishes enormous subsidies on wind, solar, and batteries as the replacements. But the report says the historical rate of completing those projects has been about 5% because of permitting challenges. In other words, the government has to approve the development of wind, solar, and batteries. They have to approve that development. That's called a permitting process, and that takes forever. In an optimistic case, the report estimates 21,000 megawatts of wind, solar, and battery storage will be added to the grid by 2030, about half of what's going to be shut down from the um, uh, fossil fuel generators, fossil fuel retirements. Now, as we all know, there's another problem. Demand for electric power will increase amid the growth in data centers and the government's push for electrification of vehicles Heat. We all know what electric heat costs and how much how much that takes, and everything else. Um, so let me skip down. During an Arctic air blast this past December, PJM, listen to this, ordered some businesses to curtail power usage and urged households to do the same. Ordered businesses urged households, narrowly avoiding rolling blackouts um, as some generators switch to oil. 
but what will happen when those power plants shut down? A power shortage at PA, PJM has the potential to cascade across much of the United States. Now, power being reduced, usage being increased, what's going to happen when we all have a scarcity of energy? What's going to happen? We're all consumers. So we're the homes that are urged to turn things off. Businesses are ordered. Why do you think the difference between how homes are treated and how businesses are treated? Anybody? Well, it's based on a mass quantity. You can reduce consumption to one power, which is equivalent to a thousand households. It's a lot easier to dictate one company versus a thousand. Okay. What else? Who else? That's, that's, that's true. Well, the voters live in the homes. Okay. Johnny Ray said the voters live in the homes. Okay. What else? Old people live in homes, and they don't want to a bad rap of people having adverse conditions. There you go. Old people live in homes, and they don't want old people dying from being too hot or too cold. What else? Think about this. Businesses are regulated. Homes are not. The government, or the government, you know, has leverage with businesses. And utilities have leverage with businesses. So businesses that have leverage for them with individual homeowners, they do not. Now, any other comments on the difference between pressure on homeowners and pressure on businesses? Okay, so what we foresee is that homeowners are not going to be happy if, if we're sitting around and it's 95 degrees outside and my air conditioning gets turned off, I'm going to complain. Fair? That's what's going to happen. So, who gets the scrutiny? The place that's the the home that's using a thousand or two thousand dollars worth of energy a year, or the business that's using twenty, fifty, a hundred, and a thousand times that. It'll be the business, and businesses are often cast as using more of their fair share of our resources. So, what will happen is pressure on businesses to account for themselves. Just to account for themselves. To have a story. What are we doing? What is the business doing? And we feel like that's what's going to happen with our customers. Our customers are big energy users. Y'all remember my elevator speech um, at our sales meeting? It's we solve building performance problems for big energy users. 
That's our elevator speech. Our customers are the big energy users. They're the ones that are going to have pressure. And so they're the ones that need a story. They're the ones that need to be able to share, hey, we're doing something. And that's why we foresee the need, the coming, actually I'll call it a tidal wave of need from our customers for help. Now, up to there, up to this point of the conversation, um, any questions or comments about that, about that um, view of the future and how it might affect our customers? If they're not staying up to date and on the forefront, which is what we'll be able to help them do, um, it's going to have a significant impact on their, their budget, <clears throat> um, especially if they're just being surprised, you know, from the power company or powers to be. You know, they've got to make these changes within a certain period of time versus being able to plan for it years out. That's, that's probably true. Um, I will say that initially there not going to be changes. There's going to be reporting requirements, what I foresee at the beginning. So they, they would have to report, this is what we're using, and it will be for public consumption. Now keep that. Think about that, Justin. Over in Myrtle Beach, and you got all those uh, these condominium homes, these towers all on the beach. And every one of those are going to have to report how much they're using. And they'll be on the website of the local authorities so that everybody can see who's using the most. Well, well typically, and I would say in conjunction with, you know, not only the, the shortage of energy, but whenever there's a supply crisis or, or an increased demand, the cost is going to continue to go up. And, you know, as we're meeting with our clients and whatnot, you know, not all of them operate on a very thick profit margin. You know, it's pretty tight. So, um, you know, a big plant here just announced that they, they're closing down and they didn't, I don't know the exact reasons yet, but as these energy costs go up, more of these plants are either going to have to shut down or, or do something different with their, with their costs because it's just no longer cost prohibitive to produce whatever they produce. I know Alcoa here, the aluminum plant, every three years there's always a big, we're closing down, we're closing down, we're closing down, unless we can get our rates, you know, restructured with utilities because it costs them more in energy than what they're able to actually manufacture or produce. And that's going to continue to happen and only have, you know, affect more and more businesses that these rates go up. Amen. So what you just touched on, what we term the, de the demands of energy scarcity, one of those demands is cost, just like Kent just said. Another of the demands is what I was saying, which is scrutiny, public scrutiny. And I'll just say this, the public, so what Kent mentioned, the public has always said, hey, give Alcoa what they want. Is it Alcoa or Nucor? Well, um, it was Alcoa. Now it's uh, is it Century Aluminum. Okay, we'll call them Alcoa. We'll just call it that. But the public 
what they want. Let them use the energy. That's going to change when we're all sitting around sweating at five at, at uh, seven in the evening during the summertime. That's going to change because they're a big user of power. Well, if we can get rid of a big user of power, that helps me have air conditioning available for me on July 4th at 7 in the evening. So cost and scrutiny. Public opinion is going to come into play on this. What are some other demands of energy scarcity? And maybe we'll talk about those as we go forward. Well, I have a question or a comment about what you just said. Uh, if, if these plants have to shut down, uh, the people living in these homes in, the, in that area usually work in those plants. So then they're going to have to find some place else to work. And they're going to they're be worried more about that than uh, cooling themselves off seven in, in the evening. I mean, you make it, you're right. There are There's consequences to all of this. And it, it becomes quite a difficult thing to manage. And I agree with you, Johnny Ray, but we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out. I'll, and, I'll, and it can I'll easily drive us, you know, it'll drive our country into recession. But it'll do. Well, and so I'll say, let me say this. And, and I mentioned this, I think I was talking to Rob Chubb before we got on this call. There are all kind of things that we could talk about, about what's going to happen and why it's happening and who's causing this, all that. For us and our jobs, it's neither here nor there. I, I would encourage everybody on this call. We don't want to get, it's useless and it's risky to get in any kind of political discussion about why this is happening. But the fact is that it is happening. So it doesn't matter to us. If somebody says, I think this is mine, you could be right. But this is what's going to happen. And we want to focus on helping our customers as this stuff comes in, comes to bear, these forces come to bear on their business. So I would just encourage everybody on this call, it's treacherous to get into political discussions with anybody about anything. And I would encourage you, don't do that. Just focus on the facts, and the facts are what I just read. And I've got, I've got dozens more articles and supporting information. That's just one of them. I got dozens of the pressures that are going to come to bear on our customers, the large energy user. Any any questions about those political discussions and/or how we deflect those? Do you think that as y'all are doing, as we're doing first calls, as we're doing care calls with our customer and we're talking about these things, do you think they're going to have comments one way or the other politically? Yes, yes, they'll have opinions. And, uh, you know, we're not to get involved in in-depth conversations about those opinions, but point back to the facts, uh, you know, that you were talking about. The customers who are paying attention, the business owners, who are paying attention now realize that this is more of a factor than things that they just took for granted in the past. We're having those conversations with folks now who are just questioning it. I heard that there are some things coming down for regulations from a regulation standpoint 
that may impede the amount of energy that we're going to be uh, given access to. So those are, they're out there, but obviously we need to stick to the facts and not in the opinion of others or us ourselves. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, I see a question from Julio. Todd, yeah, your, your question was about are these conversations going to come up? I can tell you for a fact, and I'm guessing other MSRs and PSRs can as well, that they are coming up. In fact, the prospective clients or clients in the realm that you just suggested, not wanting to get political, maybe even nodding toward whether this is right or wrong and, and, and showing some of their cards. But the point is they're being asked to address it, particularly foreign-owned businesses. And we have to be prepared to talk to them about this. And then sharing articles like you just shared with us is just going to magnify that point and then, again, focus back on how we, TCS, can help them through this. But they are talking about it. They're bringing it up. And if we suggest it, they're attuned to it. Thank you, Julio. I, it's funny you just mentioned. He mentioned foreign-owned businesses. They did a survey of... of uh, foreign-owned businesses that operate in America, 90% of them, 90, that's 9 out of 10, had ESG goals as, as corporate policy, 90%. And I saw in South Carolina, I think we have, it's either 1,200 or 1,600 foreign-owned businesses operating in South Carolina. Now, what I would tell you is that there is quite a bit of opportunity to engage our customers and our prospects in these conversations. Um, thank you, Julio. Any other questions or comments on this uh, the situation or how we plan to lean into that situation? So I've got kind of a, a thought slash question. So as, as we're doing running PFAs on high efficiency equipment and whatnot, how can we best include or are we including what the difference in ROI would be given a 10% or 20% increase rate in utilities? Because we know it's coming, right? But a lot, I think a lot of these PFAs, we may or may not be just using current rates or whatever, but I'm just thinking how can we better sell today in higher efficiency equipment knowing where we're going? That may be a question for Eric and or Paul. Yeah. But I'll give a, I'll give a thought if they, while they're, while they're thinking, um, there should be multi-year analysis of the benefits of a high efficiency piece of equipment. It should be multi-year and what you're speaking of is just the rate of increase of the energy savings. Mm -hmm. So the energy savings of that piece of equipment, the, the dollar value associated with that should increase by 5, 10, 15% each year. I know that utilities um, are going up pretty dramatically right now. They're already doing it. And so that's, that would be my answer is that multi-year horizon, making sure that the, the, the cost of the energy is escalated each year. Any other thoughts there? Either one of you guys? 
Yeah, the only thing I would really add to it is if, if the rate structure is going to change as quickly as we feel like it's going to change, maybe the better unit would be the EUI uh, rating or EUI score uh, or, or is it EIU or whatever it is, the energy intensity. The EUI, energy use yeah, energy use intensity. Yeah, intensity. Yeah. Paul, I don't know if you have anything you want to add. Paul or Eric, either one. I mean, is there any way we could talk to Jim and um, over at whatever the name of the company is now, and and, and ask him is there a, is there a, an escalation rate that we could program into the the already existing program, right? That would show, hey, this is what it looks like if there's a three percent or a five percent energy escalation rate over the next, you know, seven to ten years, five years, whatever it may be. I think that's kind of what Kent was getting at: is how can we how can we formulate that to where it shows up on a graph? We can talk about it, but when you put that visual in front of it, it certainly makes a difference. Yeah, because if we're if we're doing that and again, I I haven't really done a deep dive on one, but and it may already account for an increase in in rates, but if we're running one on just the current rate, then it's really not an accurate inflection of what potential savings there are with high efficiencies. Okay, so that's, that's a good question, and Garson makes a good suggestion. I, I'd recommend um, Eric, uh, the, or Paul, Eric Hunsberger, Eric Smith, next time they speak to um, um, building advice to ask if that can be part of the uh, analysis. Um, I, the EPA has a bunch of pretty good financial tools that I was learning about yesterday that I could send some information out on, and some of their financial analysis might be able to help us visualize uh, such situations. I mean, really, I think it's going to be like a cost of delay in doing it. Um, but I, I think we can pretty easily find a way to present that data. Well, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think there's, there's actually like a government restriction on how much they can raise the rates, and they get like in a calendar year, like from one year to the other. I think it's only like six percent. So with that data, and they're they're all going to do it. They're going to go up six percent every year, basically. Um, so with that data, I'm pretty sure that's all taken into account. I think, um, and, and again, I would, I'd like y'all to investigate. We'll all pay attention, but I'd like y'all to investigate. I think there's two aspects. I think there's a rate increase, and then I think there's a cost of base fuel adjustment. And that cost of fuel, which is gas and uh, mainly natural gas, I don't think that number is restricted. So there's yeah, basic gas is yeah, it's out of control. So. Yeah, I, I think so. That's the thing to check. There's a rate, and then I think there's a cost of fuel adjustment. And the cost of fuel, I think, is something that is really going to um, be very expensive and come to bear on us. Uh, we're, we're getting close to the end. I see Christy's got a question, and Justin got a question. So, real quick, throw the questions out. Uh, Christy. Just really a comment more than anything. So, I, uh, based on you know what we've been talking about and what. Um, uh, updates that we're aware of 
um, twofold. Number one, we got to help reduce the overall energy consumption in the first place, but also demand management is going to be a big deal as well. Yeah, thank you. Yes, and we're going to talk about that going forward. That what is the impact that we will have for our customers, and our service has an impact, and we've seen that for decades. That our service has an impact on their utility expense, so the the um, the uh, their need for energy. So saving KWH, our service affects that, and as Christy says, demand is something that. Dynamic is really focusing in on how can we help with demand, peak demand management. Uh, Justin? Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, is this going to give us a, you know, a new window of opportunity? I know we deal with existing businesses and trying to get them up to par. That's not, that's not a goal. So new buildings and new construction, um, not something that we're looking to really affect. I'm sure we're going to have customers that are building something new and they'll end up asking us um, and we'll see how we handle that at, the, at that point in time. But right now it's about existing buildings and helping those existing buildings um, take action. I'll just say that. Just take action and try. Ultimately we want to provide them with um, proof support that they are making an effort. That's our initial uh, purpose. We want to give them and inform them. We want them to know where they stand. Quite frankly, on the EPA Energy Star scale, we want them to know if they're a 1 or a 75. They may be in line for an Energy Star uh, rating, which they probably would want if we could show them that. But if they're a 2, on the Energy Star scale, we want them to know that. And then that's the beginning of helping them to have a message that, hey, we're working at this and we're improving and this is something that's on our radar and we're, we don't want them to get caught flat-footed. That's our initial push. Um, I'm going to cut it off right there because I don't want to keep anybody uh, too long, but we're, we're going to do this every Thursday. And it's about our sales messaging, and it's about these questions, I think, are good ones. Um, demands of energy scarcity. We'll talk about what are some of those demands that are going to be forced upon our customers. And I would ask you that if you have a specific question, a specific thing that you'd like us to talk about, address during these, um, email me, and I'll put it on the list, and I'll make sure over the next... Uh, six weeks that we get those topics covered all right thanks for everybody's participation today and uh see you soon